Hello and welcome to Saints Live, the final whistle. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Kenzie Benali. And a disappointing afternoon for Saints fans here at St Mary's with a 4-1 loss to Newcastle United. Now joining us again to discuss the action from the game, we have Dean Hammond and Franny Benali. Uh, Franny, we'll come to you first. Uh, as I said, a disappointing afternoon for the fans. Did the scoreline reflect the game for you? I don't think it did, to be honest, Steve. I felt that we, uh, we we started the game very well. You could see there was a huge amount of work rate and effort from the players to, to shut the Newcastle team down. Um, I think any chances that, that Newcastle did create early on were were pretty limited. I thought we, 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 we controlled the game pretty well. There's there some sort of half chances as well. Um, and, you know, I was, I was quite pleased given, you know, the difference in between the two sides, uh, you know, in the table. So I thought it was a good start from us. And again, we'll probably cover it, but I just think, it, again, it boils down to converting those chances when they came along. And I guess going a goal behind always sets you on the back foot and the confidence that Newcastle United are playing with at the moment just, uh, you know, just steamrolls teams at, as, as we see at the moment. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a difficult afternoon and a, a bit of a, a tough watch, to be honest. Is that it, Dean? Other than maybe a, a moment of brilliance from Roman Perro, were Newcastle just more clinical this afternoon? I think that exactly that, Steve. I don't. I completely agree with Franny. I think it was pretty even up to probably an hour until Newcastle went two 0 up. Um, Southampton put a lot of energy in um, to try and press um, Newcastle and nullify them, and didn't really allow too many chances. A few half chances for for Southampton. And then there's just the moments in the game um, and, and where Newcastle were clinical um, and Southampton unfortunately weren't. Um, so when Newcastle got their opportunities, they took them. And when Southampton had theirs, they didn't, unfortunately. And that that's the difference sometimes at this level. It's it's not a lot. It's small, um, but it means a lot and it, it counts for a lot. And um, Southampton are suffering with that at the moment because you can't say they're not creating chances against the best defensive team in the league at the moment. So that is a, a kind of backhanded positive, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, the, there wasn't too much in the game for the first hour. But as soon as it went 2-0, like Franny said, Newcastle are a confident team. They know they can keep clean sheets. It's going to be very difficult for, for Southampton to get back into the game. Um, and you'd have to say on reflection that the Newcastle deserved it. Just more clinical, um, like you say, Steve. Well, before we talk about the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. The sun has just come out for the first time at St Mary's, but the noise you can hear is the thousands of black and white shirted or bare-chested Newcastle fans away to our right. Picked up, good first reaction from Perro, and he'll shoot and it's parried behind for a corner. Juan Larios' races run early. It's Lavia for Larios, and he's back. And then it's played forward by Almiron. Quickly back inside it goes from Longstaff. Almiron's got it. It's brilliant layoff from Wilson. If he squares it, they're going a goal up. They might anyway. And they do. Almiron got a second bite. He missed the ball with his first kick. But it went past the defender. And then Miguel Almiron has his seventh goal in seven games in the Premier League. Back heel's good from Adams. Lovely play from Maitland-Niles. Armstrong in the box and the right back post. Oh, Elianus has missed it from the back post, three yards out. Now Walcott might make an impression. He's passed it to him. He's going towards the penalty area. He's got Perro to his left, just slows up a bit too much. Back post is Adams and he's volleyed it wide. 
It's another great chance for Shea Adams. Here's Willock. Tries to thread it back to Murphy. His first touch takes it away from two defenders. Wood shoots. And suddenly it's 2-0 to Newcastle. They've hardly had a sniff in the first 13 minutes of the second half. Newcastle get lucky on the edge of their own penalty area and then Trippier beats Perros, taking himself out of the game and that's a wonderful pass and now there's trouble and Bazunu's beaten, slid down to his right-hand side and Joe Willock has another goal against Southampton. He's third. Newcastle happy, content to sit behind the ball. That's a lovely ball. Perros in the box, good skip pass, one shot and the goal. Terrific goal. Never mind the circumstances, that's a great individual finish. And Newcastle are on a different plane, to be honest, as they're beautifully curled by Guimaraes, just as we're thinking that consolation makes things a bit better. Well, Dad, like both you and Dean have already mentioned, the game was pretty equal up until the first goal for Newcastle on 35 minutes, but the Magpies showed real quality in that one. What did you make of it yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think, you know, we, we see a lot about tactics and shape and formations nowadays. And, and sometimes when um, your team just gets caught out a little bit, uh, either out of shape a little bit or they break through a press. And, and Newcastle did that, I think, with the goal. You know, there's one or two players maybe just sort of like we were sort of a little bit lopsided. Uh, and the ball going out to the left-hand side. And then once Newcastle broke through that 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 press and Almiron was away, you know, those kind of players it's those fine margins like Dino's saying it's, it's everything seems to be going against us at the moment we're not converting those chances but you know Newcastle are in that run of form belief confidence uh, and the quality that they have uh, to, to take the lead and it was um, it was a, a, a very well finished goal from Almiron but having said that the chance that we created just before half time those are the sort of things we must put in the back of the net We've got to take those chances. It was great play down the right-hand side. Great ball into the box from Stewie Armstrong. And Moyer's got to, he's got good contact on it. It's got to go into the back of the net. And then you're going in at half-time, very much on level terms. And who knows how the second half would pan out. Well, on that squandered chance by Moyeli Anusi, Dean, I'm, I'm sure he'll be kicking himself over that. But what did you make of it? And I suppose the, the first half performance in general. Well, just a huge opportunity and a huge moment in the game. I think if, if um, that goes in for Southampton, then it's a very different half-time team talk. It's a very different approach coming out in the, in the second half. Um, like, like Franny said, it's, it's actually brilliant play from Southampton. It's really good hold-up play from, from Shea Adams. Um, and then uh, Maitland-Niles gets, gets involved. There's a one-two with, with Stuart Armstrong, who gets in behind the Newcastle defence. And it's a wonderful pass. It's a brilliant pass because I didn't see Elanusi coming in at the back post when it was live. I think he's going to, I thought he's going to have to pick Theo Walcott out here, but it's a brilliant pass. And Elanusi makes that, he makes those runs. He's really good at those runs from midfield. He times them really, really well. Um, and he actually gets really good contact on it, but just too much. He almost needs to just touch it. The pace is on the ball. He just needs to kind of keep his head over it and touch it and kind of follow it into the goal. But he tries to hit it too hard and it kind of comes off the side of his foot and, and goes wide. I know it's on his weaker foot in terms of his, his left foot. Um, but those were the two moments within the first half, really. Um, Almiron scores for, for Newcastle and unfortunately, Anna doesn't. So at 1-1, if it if had gone in at 1-1 at half-time, I don't think there would have been complaints from either team. Um, but that is the, the small margins and the small details that we seem to be talking about a lot this season. 
And we talked about it last week at Crystal Palace, those two chances for Shea Adams. They're, they're the, the small margins. If Shea scores one of those, that's another point for Southampton. We score just before half-time. We go in at one all, and it's just maybe a different approach and a different outcome from, from this game. So there's not huge differences or huge margins, um, which is a positive again. But something, I suppose, does need to change, whether that's a mentality, a little bit of luck, like Franny said, when things go against you. Um, but something needs to just go for Southampton to get on a bit of a run and build a bit more momentum. Well, there was another huge chance, Dad, wasn't there, for Southampton. Ten minutes into the second half with uh, Shea Adams's volley, it could have been a very different afternoon as well had that gone in. Yeah, Botman made a bit of a mess with his ball out, didn't he? And... Uh... Theo Walcott picking it up and then playing it to to Moyele Anusi and his cross to to Shea again. It's it, it's those fine margins and taking those chances or or even a half chance when it comes along and Shea struck it well. It was a, a decent volley, but you know it's just the wrong side of the post from our perspective. And uh, again, it was a huge moment in the game. You know you you get those key moments and chances within a an overall ninety plus minutes of football and. The game was still 1-0 at that stage. So we scored in. We started the second half really well, I thought. That chance comes along. If that goes in, we're back on level terms again. And then, who knows, but within what seemed like moments, you know, we go from having that chance, possibly getting on level terms, to finding ourselves two goals behind. And then when the third goes in, you know, it's, it's game over. Uh, and then there's lots of changes, substitutions. Um, but credit to, to Saints, they... You know, you, you can go one or two ways, and we've seen it in the past. You know, when you start take, conceding two, three, four, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to just capitulate and, and fold. But the team didn't do that. There was a lot of endeavour, a lot of work rate still. Um, but, you know, still a difficult afternoon. But it was always going to be that. We spoke that pre-match. You know, Newcastle are flying at the moment. They're a hard side to play against. And it's just these fine little margins that aren't going our way at the moment. Yeah, as you say, Franny, just three minutes after Shea's chance, Newcastle made it 2-0, 3-0 a few minutes after that, as we've spoken about some clinical finishing. And Dean, they actually scored with every attempt they had on target today. Yeah, so it just it just shows how clinical they were. Um, and the second goal, um, was it coming? I didn't really feel so. You know, the, the chance for Shea, I, I thought Southampton started the second half, like Franny said, with the incendency. Uh, they were on top. There was a a purpose to try and go and get that equaliser. Um, but the second goal, it's, it's a good finish from, from Chris Wood. Is there moments in the build-up where Southampton could have done better in one-on-one duels and, and, and come out on top of that? Yes, potentially, but it's difficult in the penalty area because if you make a slight error there, you're going to give a penalty away. And it's a good finish from Chris Wood. He knows where the goal is. He's an instinctive striker. It turns and curls it into the corner. Um, and the third goal is just probably sums up a little bit where Southampton are at the moment because they almost got it right with the press. They almost won the ball, actually, in New right on the 18-yard box of Newcastle's um, box. And if they'd done that, um, then they may have, have got a goal themselves. But Newcastle just break that press. Trippier gets the ball before Perro. Perro probably should have just stayed in his hole, stay in his position, but was keen to try and win it and play on the front foot. And again, you have to say it's a wonderful, wonderful pass from Kieran Trippier. Um, and Willock just has too much pace um, to get uh, away from the Southampton defence and a toe poke to, to finish it. And it, at that moment, with the defensive um, structure that Newcastle got, it, it's game over. But like Franny says, Southampton kept going. They, they really did. And I don't think we, 
we should get away from the fact that this is a really good Newcastle team. Um, they're not just in the mid tables. They're not just kind of flirting. They're they're a top team at the moment in really really good form. So it's it's difficult. We knew it was going to be a challenge today, um, but it's just those. I keep repeating myself. The fine margins where Southampton almost get that press right, you know, but they don't, and Newcastle end up breaking away and scoring. And, and like I say, from that moment at three 0 it's it's a long way back. Yeah, certainly. Well, Dad, let's speak about Roman Perro. He was a player we asked you about pre-match. He got a consolation goal, didn't he? And that was the kind of good attacking play that you were talking about before the game. Yeah, exactly. He finds himself in those kind of positions, Ken's, doesn't he? You know, high up the pitch, looking to put a ball into the box or make a run in behind the, the defence of a team. And he, he did that really well. The pass from Mohamed Salasu was was perfect. I thought the timing of his run was excellent. And then the composure that he showed to cut back in on his right foot. And wow, for a left-footed player, or what I think is predominantly a left-footed player, that was a wonderful finish with his right foot. But, you know, counted for very little at that point. You know, maybe just a little bit of a consolation from, from Southampton in our perspective. But, uh, you know, again, it just comes back to show that the, the, the players and the, the team never gave up. There was a lot of effort, a lot of commitment there. Things haven't gone our way today uh, and there doesn't seem to be a huge amount going our way at the moment. And it's, it's tough because we're approaching the, the World Cup break and we've got the Cup game on Wednesday and then that's followed by an away trip to Liverpool at the weekend. So, you know, we, we, we could potentially find ourselves disappointingly in the bottom three for the World Cup break. But, you know, it's the long season and, uh, you know, I've, I've got those experiences as a player myself where, you know, you've just got to keep the belief, keep, uh, keep mentally strong. Uh, stay positive as you can and, and not get too wrapped up with where your league position is because there's, you know, it just takes those little things to go our way that we spoke about today after the game to, to just make a huge difference, I think. And, and I think is it there's only four points, I think, from uh, quickly glancing at the table between ourselves and Liverpool, I think, who are in 10th, something like that. Yeah. So it's not a huge gap between us and the middle, middle teams in the table. So, uh, you know, if we were cut adrift at the moment, I'd be a lot more concerned. Well, that Perro goal gave the fans something to cheer about. And another player who got a round of applause when he was introduced is Romeo Lavia coming on for Juan Larios. Probably a little earlier than he expected to be subbed on, but he ended up getting around about an hour on the pitch. Dean, what did you make of his return to the side? Well, it's a, it's a huge plus and a big positive, Steve, because it would do wonders for his recovery um, and his conditioning and, and getting back fit, actually. Um, and I thought he made a, a difference straight away in terms of just having that extra touch on the ball um, in terms of keeping keeping possession, um, he, he ticked the ball over really really well. Um, will he get sharp? Will he get fitter? Yes, of course, and that will come with with a run of games and a continuing training program that I'm sure he's on. Um, so he'll get fitter and stronger to get back to his best. Um, but he's he's a good player, and Southampton have missed him. Um, he didn't do anything outstanding today, but he just do you know what? It, it was quite evident. That, that James Will Prowse actually performance improved in my opinion when he came, when Lavia came onto the pitch. You know, Prowse he was more involved in the game. He was further up the pitch. Um, he got some lovely crosses into the into the box. Maybe because he trusts the fact that Lavia understands that position and is going to be protecting him if he goes forward a little bit more. So it's good for those two to have more game time together. It's good for him to get an hour under his belt in terms of his recovery. Um, but he does make a difference because he's just really comfortable in possession. And Southampton want the ball and they want to be able to build through the pitch. And he's able to do that. So that is one positive 
um, today in terms of him coming back into into the team. So yeah, he did well and, and good that he came unscathed as well. So an hour we're doing wonders. Well, let's hear from Ralph Hassenhutel now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Ralph, what did you make of that one today? 4-1 done and uh, uh, Newcastle showed why they are where they are and we showed why we are where we are. It's a slightly strange one though, isn't it? If you look at the stats of the game, you've dominated in kind of all the major categories. You've lost 4-1 at the Premier League for you. Well, but it's just different if you hit the corner or if you hit uh, it's beside a goal. And we have, uh, again, the chances to, to score, but we have also given them only four shots on target and they score four times. And uh, if you want to have an answer, what is different, then you see this. Yeah, you had that big chance, obviously, right before half-time to go in at one all. How much of a difference does that make in the game for you when you're, you're therefore chasing it when you come back out? Goals to score make always a difference in the result. And uh, when you score it uh, not early enough, then the game is gone. And um, We are under the line and uh, we are, in the moment, in a very difficult situation. Well, as ever, let's look forward. We march on after all, so let's put that result behind us and look ahead, Dad. Sheffield Wednesday in the Cup, here on Wednesday, ahead of a difficult trip to Anfield at the weekend. What are your early thoughts ahead of both of those matches? Yeah, quick turnaround. I think, um, you know, it'd be a, a number of changes, I would imagine, um, from Ralph in, in his, his lineup for, for maybe what we've seen start today. It's an opportunity for other players to get some more game time. I genuinely believe in a one-off game in cup competitions that uh, we're, we're capable of having a really good cup run. Uh, so I think it's important that whatever lineup we go with has got to be right team selection-wise to still progress through to the next round and uh, get the job done, make sure we're in a hat for the next round and, and see where that cup run takes us. But it's a great opportunity for, for teams like ourselves to to sort of take on the big guys in a, in a, in a one-off game competition. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. And then uh, hopefully we can finish on a positive note away to Liverpool Anfield, which again is always going to be a, a difficult thing, regardless of the highs and lows that Liverpool are going through this season. Uh, it's still going to be a very difficult place for us to go and uh, get a result. So I just think we've just got to brace ourselves for a bit of a slog and a run in and see what the, the January transfer window maybe does and what business we might be able to do in that market and that window to, to help the team a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it's um, trying to finish on a, as, as much as a high, good cup win in the week, positive result and performance next Saturday against Liverpool and we can look forward from there. Yeah, it is League One opposition on Wednesday night, Dean. Is this a good opportunity for a bit of a confidence boost going into what will be undoubtedly a tough match at Anfield? I hope so, Steve. Um, but Sheffield Wednesday, like you say, are flying high in League One. They're, they're a good team under Darren Moore, I think, it is the manager there. Um, so they'll come to St Mary's and, 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 and want to win the game. Um, but I, I'd like to see Ralph go as strong as possible. I like Franny there. I'd like to see Southampton try to get through to the, to the next round. I think that's really, really important, especially with the break coming up with the World Cup. It, you know, players don't necessarily need a rest at the moment. Um, and then the Liverpool game is going to be really, really tough. Um, really tough. So I think the performance at Liverpool is the most important thing. It's difficult. Um, they're not quite the full state they were last year, um, but they're still a brilliant team with world-class players and, and they can beat anyone on the day and they've proven that even though they've probably dipped below what we expected them this year. So it's another tough game, but I'd like to see some consistency in, in the team. Um, I'd like to see players being able to get used to play with each other again. Um, so I'd like to see Ralph go as strong as he possibly could against Sheffield Wednesday, try and get through that, put a good performance in against Liverpool. Don't pick any injuries up in those two fixtures. 
And the break actually might do Southampton some good. It might just give them some time to, to regroup, reanalyse, um, get some real important work done on the training ground. I don't think there's too many players that will be going away to the World Cup. So that might be a little bit of advantage for, for Southampton. And then come back firing. So two important fixtures. can never control the outcome or the results because anything can go against you. But I think you can try and control your performances. So two good performances from Southampton. The results will be the results. And then go into that break in a, a kind of positive mindset as best they can. Well, Dean, Dad, uh, not the result we were hoping for, but it's been a real pleasure to have you both with us on the show. Great to see you. Uh, thanks for your company, as always. And thanks to those of you who have been watching along as well, of course, from home. Always great to have you with us too. Now, of course, as we've mentioned, it's Sheffield Wednesday uh, next week on Wednesday. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> there you go. And, of course, Liverpool at the weekend too. We won't have a show for you midweek, but we'll be back again for our next Premier League clash will be live from 12 45 join us then bye for now see you soon